Wine, food, talk. NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. I'm Jeff Sheckman. Issues surrounding the domestic shipment of wine have occupied our attention here in the Valley for a long time. Lately, it seemed like a new day has sprung as wineries and retailers seemed free to ship anywhere, even in violation of archaic rules still on the books in many states. Now that seems to be changing as numerous states, including New York, are seeking to once again enforce those old laws and curtail the shipment of wine from retailers to customers. What this means for the wine business, for the Napa Valley, and for retailers in the wine business that, like all retailers, are under siege is a subject for discussion today. To talk about it, I'm joined by my guest, Tom Work. He is a longtime wine industry journalist and observer, and it is my pleasure to welcome him back to the program. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Great to have you here. I think that the first thing that uh, we need to make people understand about this is that what we're talking about in terms of shipping here is strictly from retailers. Talk a little about that. Well, um, in the wine industry, um, everyone is licensed. So you have a winery licensee, you have a retailer licensee, you have a wholesaler licensee, and you have importer licensees. And each of them have different um, rights in terms of what they can do. Ever since 2005, wineries have been moving toward opening up more and more states for, for uh, direct-to-consumer shipping. At the same time, it turns out, the number of states that retailers are able to ship to has been declining. Now, up until, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, that wasn't really a problem because many of the restrictions on retailer shipping, they simply weren't enforced. Um, it wasn't a priority for anybody to, to curtail where retailers could ship to. So a retailer in New York or a retailer in Napa would get an order from somebody in Texas and they'd ship the wine off to them and that would be that. Taxes would be paid um, and the consumer would get their wine. However, over the past two years, the country's wholesalers in particular have been pressuring state regulatory agencies to stop retailers from shipping. Now, it turns out retailers can only legally ship to 14 states. Wineries can ship to 45, but retailers, only 14. So as the wholesalers have pressured regulatory agencies to clamp down on retailer shipping, that's exactly what they've done. And the way they've done it is to turn to the common carriers and ask FedEx and UPS to do whatever they can to stop retailers from shipping to any states other than the 14 that are explicitly allowed. And so that's exactly what's been happening. Um, FedEx, UPS, they've turned around. They said, sorry, retailers, we can't take your wines to places like Texas, Illinois, Washington, New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Florida. The 14 states that retailers can legally ship to include some fairly small states. We're talking about Wyoming, North Dakota, Alaska, Nevada, New Mexico, Louisiana, West Virginia, and a few others. And so, recently, the New York Times has started to write about this issue, and it's raised the profile quite a bit. People are shocked to find out that retailers, of all people, can only ship to 14 states. And talk a little bit why the wholesalers care, why they put this pressure on, particularly through the common carriers. Well, Jeff, the wholesalers have been, wholesalers across the country, the middleman, they've been opposed to um, any sort of direct shipping now for decades. Even prior to 2005, when the Supreme Court um, ruled 
states have to treat in-state and out-of-state shippers equally. Even before then, they were demanding that states not allow out-of-state wineries or out-of-state retailers to ship. They said that, oh, you know, miners are going to get their hands on alcohol. Tainted alcohol would get into the system. But they didn't believe any of that. All they wanted to do was make sure that retailers only sell to local consumers and that wineries not be able to go around the wholesaler and sell directly to the consumer. And so they've worked as hard as they possibly could. They, they even tried to pass a federal law um, that would have curtailed direct shipping. It didn't pass, but it came close. So they've always played a zero-sum game in terms of trying to stop um, direct shipping. Um, they had been unsuccessful where it comes to wineries. Retailers is a different story. Um, so they look at retailer-to-consumer shipping as a threat to their place in the middle of the system as middlemen. And so they play this zero-sum game where they use their extraordinary political power to, to stop laws that would allow retailers to ship. We just did a study recently that looked at how much wholesalers have given to state, um, state political campaigns over the past five election cycles. It's over $100 million dollars. It is not the quality of their arguments that stop retailer to consumer shipping laws from occurring and being passed. It's the amount of money they donate to state legislators. It's interesting that at the same time that's been going on, the number of wholesalers has continued to shrink. You have a, a smaller number of larger and more powerful wholesalers. There's no question about it. Yeah, we've seen the the wholesale tier not only shrink, but the largest wholesalers become even larger. And so uh, what that does is that creates even more power in a smaller group, making their their lobbying even more effective. I go to, um, to committee hearings in different states all the time when bills come up um, to, that, would, that might allow retailer to consumer shipping to happen. I was in Texas last year. No, actually, earlier this year. And there was a hearing on a bill that would have allowed out-of-state retailers to ship. And I went up and I spoke, and other people spoke in favor of it, and consumers spoke in favor of it. And then the wholesalers walked up to the podium, and they spoke to the committee members. And what they said was this, we don't care about competition. Say what you want about competition. Say what you want about free trade. We don't want people from out-of-state shipping to consumers in this state because it's going to hurt our business. And that was that. The bill died. It wasn't the quality of their arguments. <laughs> Is it going to have a more positive effect on the wineries themselves who do have the ability to ship to 45 states? Um, well, that's, that's a good question. I don't think so. Um, and here's why I don't think so. Wineries have done a fairly good job of letting consumers know, particularly those consumers who visit them, that they can ship direct to their state. And the amount of direct consumer shipping, particularly in Napa, has increased tremendously over the years. I think wineries are actually hurt when retailers can't ship. And here's why. The vast majority of wine in the United States is sold from a winery to a wholesaler who then sells it to a retailer and then the retailer sells it to the consumer. Whenever there are channels closed to retailers, that means there are fewer ways the retailer can get those wines to the consumer. That means there are fewer ways for retailers to get Napa Valley wines to the consumers who want them. The more wine that flies off the retailer shelf, the more room there is for the retailer to restock it with more Napa Valley wine. So I think it's absolutely to the benefit of the Napa Valley as well as the California and the overall wine industry to see retailer to consumer shipping happen. 
one of the things that's been frustrating for retailers is wineries um, just simply haven't done anything with regard to retailer consumer shipping. They um, they haven't advocated for it. When there are bills that come up that would allow retailer to consumer shipping in different states, wineries don't come out in favor of it. And in some cases, I've actually watched uh, the wine industry oppose those bills, which I think is short-sighted. Um, more than anything else, it would be nice to see organizations like the Wine Institute or the Napa Valley Vendors show up at these hearings and support retailer to consumer shipping. Doesn't this create a unique opportunity for some kind of online opportunity for somebody to be a link, a middleman, if you will, really a consolidator of information between the wineries which have the ability to ship and the consumers? That that a, sort of a wine version of Amazon really is the solution to all of it. Well, it's certainly a solution for wineries. And as a lot of people may know, Amazon recently announced that they're shutting down their online marketplace. And it had thousands of thousands of wines that were listed on that site. Now, Amazon wasn't the retailer of record. Amazon was simply providing a place for wineries to showcase their wines, and they could buy them there. They didn't buy them from Amazon, though. They were actually buying them from the winery. And for many, many wineries, it was a very successful operation. But Amazon had to shut that down because now they own Whole Foods. And Amazon is now a holder of a retail license. And you can't be a holder of a retail license and at the same time take what was essentially advertising revenue from wineries. And so it's an interesting question. Will anyone try to replace Amazon and give wineries um, a high-profile place to present their wines to consumers? I'm of the opinion that somebody will step up. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's going to be eBay. It might be somebody who hasn't emerged yet, but I think somebody will definitely um, uh, step up and do that. Amazon had the advantage, of course, of having millions and millions and millions of customers immediately when that Amazon wine marketplace went live. A new player in the field is going to have to expend a lot of marketing dollars to match the reach um, of Amazon. However, don't count Amazon out. I fully expect Amazon to come back with a new online um, retail forum for wine. Um, and I suspect that'll happen somewhere within the next six to 12 months. In many ways, it's reflective of so many other businesses right now, where it's really the retailers that are cut out. I mean, here it was was forced by the wholesalers, but it, it, it becomes a direct online model, whether it's going to the website of the various wineries for the consumer or whether there's some kind of consolidator aggregator like Amazon was. You know, there's no question. I mean, the new economy um, has impacted particularly brick-and-mortar stores. We see it everywhere. We see strip malls and shopping malls that are turning into ghost towns, and it's because People are shopping online. They're becoming accustomed to it, and they trust it. Pretty soon here, we're going to reach a place where, during the holiday season, um, more is spent online than in brick-and-mortar shops. Mm-hmm. So there's no question that the economy has changed altogether. So here's the bottom line, then, for wine retailers who carry um, California wineries products. If they're going to be able to compete with an online seller like Amazon, who will be back, Uh, they're going to have to be given the opportunity to compete in a nationwide market, which means they're going to have to be able to ship nationwide. If the independent fine wine retailers, who are largely the ones who are selling the upscale Napa Valley wines, if they're going to stay viable, 
they're going to have to have access to the to the entire American marketplace. At this point, they simply don't. With the crackdown, they have access to 14 states, and that's simply not enough for them to survive going forward. I mean, it really is that this pressure from the wholesalers may be the final death nail to uh, to the wine retail business. Well, it won't be the death nail for the wine retail business. People are always going to buy wine, but it, it could be. <clears throat> we could see a lot of really important, really great independent um, wine retailers go by the wayside because they can't compete um, in an environment where Amazon and other large aggregating retail websites um, take control, which is why it's important. Um, it, it's important to give those kind of small independent retailers the opportunity to compete. They're the ones primarily who are introducing new Napa Valley wines um, to a lot of different people across the country. They're the ones who interact directly face-to-face with consumers across the country um, who want to learn more about wine. They become this sort of trusted friend in different marketplaces that guide people through what is an ever-expanding world of wine. And if you see those go by the wayside, um, I think we'll lose a valuable resource. There's no question that it will be a valuable resource lost. But again, somebody will pick up that opportunity online and create some kind of a forum, some kind of opportunity for people to to be able to learn more and find out more and educate themselves, even in the online world. Well, you know, a lot of those venues already exist online. There are a number of wonderful, wonderful online venues where people can learn about wine, interact with other wine lovers, learn about specific kinds of wine, um, and those are extraordinarily valuable. Right now, though, based on how the alcohol distribution system is um, is set up, it's difficult for any one retailer to uh, to really um, dominate the market because of the shipping laws. When when the shipping laws expand, and I think they will one day, either th- through a Supreme Court decision or lobbying, when they expand, um, I think we're still going to see a diversity of wine retailing um, because I think people want to want to interact with that individual who might be an expert in Burgundy or an expert in California Pinot Noirs or an expert in port. And a lot of those different kinds of independent retailers who also have an online presence exist today and I think will continue to exist down the road if they're given the opportunity to serve a national marketplace as well as um, walk-up clientele. Where does the pressure have to come from, in your opinion? You've already talked about the political pressure and the money that the wholesalers have brought to bear to prevent this from happening. What do the retailers have to do, and what is it going to take for them to be successful, in your opinion? Well, first of all, the the issue has to stay high-profile among wine lovers. And so the the recent um, New York Times article has been very successful. Um, in doing that. But there's really only one organization out there that's really been pushing the issue on behalf of retailers, and that's the National Association of Wine Retailers. And so what they do is they lobby in different states and try to get laws passed. They currently have a bill in New York as well as Massachusetts that would open up those states for retailer to consumer shipping. In addition to that, they're also supporting two lawsuits, one in Illinois and one in Michigan, that are challenging those states' protectionist laws that ban out-of-state retailers from shipping in. A third lawsuit is going to be filed within days in Missouri, which also bans out-of-state retailers from shipping in. 
So if either, if any of those lawsuits can move up and get to the Supreme Court, I am confident that the Supreme Court will say the same principles that force states to allow out-of-state wineries to ship across borders apply to retailers. States must allow out-of-state retailers to ship wine if they allow their own in-state retailers to ship wine. I'm confident that that ruling will come, but getting a case up to the Supreme Court (laughs) takes a very, very long time, and it takes an extraordinary amount of money and an extraordinary effort, but the effort is underway. Um, In addition to that, though, consumers need to weigh in, and consumers are bombarded right now with things that they have to do. They have to support this. They have to support that. So people who want to move consumers toward um, supporting the issue of retailer shipping have to pick their battles. They have to wait until there's something at stake, like a committee hearing or like a bill being um, being voted on um, on the floor of a Senate or an assembly um, in one of the different states. So a website's been set up called winefreedom.org where consumers can go. They can sign up for alerts and for news that concern them. And then when something arises in their state that will impact their ability to receive wine from out of state, they get alerts and they get told what they can do and they can send letters to their to their state senators or their state representatives. And that's been very successful. More than 400 people sent emails to 16 different committee members in Massachusetts when that state had a committee hearing on a retailer shipping bill and the bill passed through committee. Well, we'll continue to follow it. Tom Wark, I thank you so much for uh, shedding some light on this and explaining all the details to us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Thank you, Tom. You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now.